Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So, uh, so somewhere deep down inside of us, we all love these, these Hallmark Christmas movies. Uh, th- these are, they're, they're cheesy. <laughs> There's not a lot of money put into these movies. Uh, they're sappy love stories that the Hallmark Channel puts out. And, uh, and, and I'm just going to admit it. I, I mean, I've cried silently in the corner just like the other guys a while ago. Uh, my, my children or my wife never saw that. So I'm admitting it in front of all the brethren Right now, so I can make heaven one day. I'm just going to go ahead and admit it. Uh, so, uh, but but I, I've been there also, and and uh, but I want to let you know something. All the Hallmark Christmas movies, they're the same story. I don't know if you knew that yet. I'm, I'm just going to be right up front, and you know, you're, most people wait to the altar service. I'm going to be right up front with you, let you know that that every one of these Christmas movies is the same story. It's the same story. There's always, there's always the lady, right? There's always the lady looking for that guy, right? Like for that perfect guy. But, but there's always the lady. And, and then there's always the kids, okay? There's, in fact, there's hundreds of kids. There's, there's lots of kids. Kids everywhere. It's in every Hallmark Christmas movie. In fact, it's really the kids that bring everybody together. But, but there's a lady of some sort. There's kids of some sort. There's some fairy tale location in every place. It may be the beach. It may be uh, you know, a castle. And, and then there's always the guy, right? There's always the man in the story. And at the beginning, they have nothing to do with each other. Now, now this man, he, he, may be, uh, he may be a baker. He may be a cookie making cookies. He may be a prince. Like Prince Charming, you know, uh, he may be a king, he may be a homeless man. But in every story, it's the same story. There's a girl, there's the kids, and, and there's the guy. And, 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 and they somehow, through all this, whatever the story may tell you, it, the whole story goes that the whole movie is about the man chasing after the woman, and at the end, they get together and they live happily ever after, right? The end. So there you go. Kinsey, you don't have to watch any more Christmas movies. I just, just said it. So, uh, so no more for, for all of us. But, but, but they're all the same. They're all the same. And uh, even though the girl doesn't see it, the guy's always chasing her. And the guy always ends up carrying her off to, to forever, ever land the end. You may be dismissed. Uh, no. Uh, but, but do you know why you like these movies? Do you know why you like these movies? Because of this. Because every movie is about a love so strong. A love that is so incredible. A love that is so amazing. And it gets them together. And, and this is the deal. We wish we could have a story like that. We wish we could experience a love like that, right? Like, like we want that fairy tale story. We want that story of that incredible love that came to us, that, that person that pursued us. And, and finally, over time, they, they, they found us and they wrapped their arms around us and we lived happily ever after. We, we want that story. We want to experience that love, right? We, we want that love. And that's why we, we love these movies, 
Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to let you in on a secret today. Pastor talked the other, this is not the secret, but uh, I obviously weigh a lot more than pastor because you can hear the, the squeaky stage up here when I'm speaking. That, that goes back for a few weeks. But, so uh, anyways, that's not the secret. It's just really squeaky right here. But anyways, back to, the, back to our story. So, so this, is the, this is the secret that I want to let you in on is that we're all in a Hallmark Christmas movie. We're all in the story. We, we are all in our own form or our own version of a Hallmark Christmas movie. We, we are all in that. And, and do you know which character we are? We're the, the girl. Which makes, there's got to be somebody that, that is the guy that is pursuing us, that is chasing after us, that, that, that whatever it takes, whatever, no matter what situation we go, that, that there, there is somebody that, that is pursuing us, that is chasing after us, and that there's going to be somebody that's going to show us this amount of love. And I want to let you know that Jesus Christ is the guy in the story. And this is the deal. He loves you. He loves you. He's crazy in love with you. And he will do whatever it takes to show you that he loves you and he is crazy in love with you. If, if you knew it, you, you would understand that you're in a Hallmark Christmas movie. And he wants to share with you his love and give you his love. And today, this is what I want to do to you, for you today. I, I, I want to try to, I, I want to let you know that God loves you. Amen? I want to let you know that, that not only does he love you, but he's crazy in love with you. Like, like, like you are the apple of his eye. You are, you are that thing that he is pursuing. You are, he's crazy in love with you. He loves you so much. And that's what I want to share with you today. And, and I want to try, in, in a way, I, I want to try to do this. I want to try to take God's love for you, and I want to wrap it in, in, a, in, a, in a picture, in this message, and show you and explain exactly how much God loves you. I want you to understand how much God loves for you by the end of this message, okay? So this is the deal, though. I can't. I cannot tell you the amount of love that Jesus Christ has for you. I, I cannot wrap it in a picture. I, I could be up here for the rest of my life. I, I could stand on this platform and speak for the rest of my life and tell you the amount of love God has for you. And after all of those years are done and after all those years are finished, I would not even hit the surface of God, the amount of love that God has for you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. He's crazy in love with you. How many of you are, are dads in here? Just raise your hand. How many, how many are dads? All right. I'm a dad. So, uh, so I can speak on behalf of the dads today. I, I've never been a mom, so I'm not going to speak on behalf of the moms. But uh, that, you, you can laugh. It's funny. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm a dad. I'm, I'm a father. I'm, I'm, I'm a dad. So I, I want to speak on behalf of the, of the dads. You know that moment before you became a dad, that, that, that moment that your first child was being born? I went back to, to that moment, and, and I, remember this think, that I remember thinking this as I stood there before Kelsey was born. Uh, I, I remember this question going through my mind. Am, am I going to love her? 
I remember thinking that. And you know why? Because I'd seen a lot of other babies being born. Right? I, I, I'd seen a lot of other babies being born. And, and, and you know, even though a lot of people, you know, like, oh, goo goo ga ga, no, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I like babies, but, but I never had this tremendous love for babies. Like, like I like them when they wash their self and feed their self and, and bathe their self, right? I mean, I like that. I like the stage my kids are in now. I've never really been crazy about babies, but, but I remember thinking that moment, uh, am I going to love her? See, see I never had a baby before. I never had a kid before. And this is what I was thinking. Everyone else up until that point, I had to learn how to love them. Like, for instance, my wife. I love my wife. But I didn't love my wife when I was born. I didn't even know who Courtney Pippen was. I had to learn to love her, right? In fact, in fact, my family, like, like right away, I didn't love my parents. All I wanted them to do was, was just feed me, right? I didn't even know what love was. And, and as a baby, we learned to love our parents. We learned to love people. We learned to love. We, we weren't born with, with this incredible love just right away for anybody. We had to learn to love people. And I remember that moment, like, like, am I going to love her? Am I going to love my kids? And I started thinking, what if she gets here and I don't love her? I mean, I had seen the babies and I didn't love them, but, but here she was. So April 4th, 1998, come along. July 11th, 2001, came along. And September 20th, 2002, came along. Those were the dates that my three children were born. And, and the doctor, we go into the delivery room, and the, deloc- the, 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 deloctor, the doctor delivered my babies. And, 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 and I realized this. As soon as they were born, I didn't have to think about it. I just loved them. I was crazy about them. I was shedding tears. I was, I was like, oh, man, I've never experienced this kind of love before. That is my child. I love them so much. Nobody had to teach me to love them because I loved them from the very beginning. See, this is the deal. My kids, they didn't do anything to deserve my love. My, my kids didn't do anything to deserve my love. Uh, you know, in, in fact... In fact, I, I mean, I didn't even think, I didn't even think they were pretty at the time, right? Like, like, like they didn't deserve my love. They didn't look beautiful at the time. At, at the time, you know, when, when a baby was born, in fact, they, they, they were pretty disgusting, okay? Uh, they, they were pretty disgusting, all folded up, wrinkly, bloody, purple, and, you, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, you know but, but there was this love. Now, I have to admit, Kenzie and Kelsey were the prettiest. I have to admit, they were the prettiest. Uh, Jake, he, he was actually born with an alien head. I mean, like, like it was huge. Like, what is this? I mean, like, like, like I, I was waiting on any, any moment for Jake to go, E.T., phone home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, now he turned into a very handsome young man because people say he looks just like me. But, but, uh, <clears throat> but this is the deal. I, I, have to, I had to understand, I didn't love them because they're beautiful, because they weren't. They hadn't done anything to to deserve my love. But this is the deal. I understood right away that that, that whenever they came out, I I loved them with everything I had. You know why? Because they were mine. They were my kids. They hadn't done anything to deserve love. They didn't look like they deserved love. But this is the deal. They were mine, and I loved them like crazy. Nobody had to teach me to love my kids. This is the thing I want you to understand today. God does not love you because you're beautiful. 
God doesn't love you because you're perfect. He loves you because you're his. You don't have to do anything to, 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 to gain his love. You don't have to look like one thing or, or perform one way to gain his love. He loves you no matter what because you're his child. This is what I want to tell you today. He doesn't love us because of our performance. He, he doesn't love us because of our perfection. Thank God. This is why he loves us. Because of our position as a child of God. He loves you. He loves you. He's crazy in love with you. I, I didn't love my kids because of their performance. In fact, the first few years, my kids did everything that they could do to stop me from loving them. Like in the first few years, they peed on me. Right? I mean, really? Like, like, like all three of my kids threw up on me constantly, and you don't even understand right now. Like, like, like you throw up on me, I'm going to throw up back on you. Like, I, I, I'm an I'm a EMT, I'm a medic, but if somebody vomits, I'm out of there, baby. You know why? I got the rule of three. I can hear it, I can hear it, see it, or smell it, okay? I can hear it, and I'm fine. I can see it, I'm fine. I can smell it, I'm fine. You mix any of those two, I'm coming up with it. I mean, it, it's coming out. But, 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 but they did everything that they could do to make me not love them. Pooped on me. One time, Kenzie even threw up in my mouth. Oh, pardon me. <coughs> this is not because of my throat. Cold. Understand this. They, they, didn't, they, they didn't deserve my love. But I loved them at the very moment I saw them. Because they were mine. When I looked into them, I, I, just, I just loved them. And we've got to understand this. The most common metaphor for God in the Bible, it's Father. The most common metaphor that, that they use for God in the Bible is a father. And, and, and I understand this. I, I understand this when I, when I look at my three with my three kids, my two girls, and my, and my guy, and my, my son, when, when I look at them, I understand what it's like to love as a father. There, there, there's nothing they have to do to, 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 to gain my love, even though they may not be perfect. They, they, and they are beautiful, by the way. But, but this is the deal. I don't love them because I love them because of their position as my children. And nothing could ever take away that love that I have for my kids. And that's why we got to understand common metaphor and the God uses in the Bible is he's our father. I want you to understand that there's nothing you could ever do in your life that could disrupt God's love for you. I also want to say this, there's nothing that you've ever done in your life that have ever made God stop loving you. He's your father. He's your father. God's love it doesn't make sense. God's love doesn't make sense. We, we think, as Christians, we think we got to be perfect and, and do better, and, and we, we want to. It's, it's God's love that makes us to strive to be better. It's when we understand that, that how much God loves us, it makes me want to be better. But because, just because I'm not the best or perfect doesn't mean God doesn't love me. And God loves you. He's crazy in love for, with you. He, it doesn't make sense. He and this is the deal. God doesn't love the future you more than he loves the past you and more than the present you. 
God is crazy in love with you, how you will be, how you've been, and he's crazy in love with how you are today. He loves you. I want to go to a story in the Bible that to me, it's like this Hallmark Christmas story. It's, it's, it's so unbelievable, but yet it's so true. And, and in this story, I want us to, to put ourselves in this story. I want you to put you as a character in this story. To me, this is, this is just, it's an incredible Hallmark Christmas story. It, this, was, this story in the Bible. But I, I want to tell you this. This story does not make sense. When we look at this story, we're like, there's no way that ever happened. But I want to tell you it happened. In our minds, we can't see this is even possible, but it was possible. And, and, and I want to tell you a little bit, it's the story of Hosea, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. This is a Hallmark Christmas movie today. Hosea was a prophet of God. <laughs> he was a prophet. Over 700 years Prior to Jesus coming to be born as a baby, to the 750 years before the, the birth of Jesus, Hosea is here. And, and understand this, he's a prophet of God. He's chosen of God. But Hosea hadn't had his big moment yet, okay? Hosea is like the beginner prophet. He's like, okay, my moment's coming. I'm going to have a moment of one day. God's going to use me to do great things. But he hadn't had his moment yet. I mean, growing up, Hosea saw all the other prophets having their moments you know, where, where God would speak to them and tell them something. Yay, this is the voice of the Lord. Go and tell the king that I'm sending fiery chariots in to destroy their land. And they don't worship me. And boom, everybody worships me. And the fiery chariots. You know what I mean? There's, there's all these stories of these prophets. But Hosea hadn't had that moment yet. And Hosea's like, man, it's going to come. I'm, I'm a prophet of God. I'm going to have this incredible moment. I'm going to have this incredible story. I'm going to have this incredible moment. And, and, and here, it, here it comes, Hosea 1 and 2. The Lord speaks to Hosea, and he says, When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, Go and marry a prostitute. Huh? Like, like, like Lord... Uh, I, I, I think I missed you, God. I think I missed what you were saying. I mean, like, where's the fiery chariots? Where's the, you know, where's the, the walls that we're going to march around, you know, and, and we're going to blow it, you know? Where, where's that moment? God says, no, 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 no. You prophet, Hosea, go and marry a prostitute. These are first, God's first words to Hosea. And, and I'm sure he's, he's thinking, like, really, God? Like, really, I'm, I'm a prophet. I'm supposed to do this, this big thing. And God says, yeah, yeah, Hosea, you're going to do a big thing because you're going to show my love to the people. And he says, go marry a prostitute. It gets worse. Hosea 1 and 3. So Hosea married Gomer. Like, really? <laughs> Like the prostitute part wasn't bad enough. Now she's going to be married. Called Her name's Gomer. Like, really? Now, if your name's Gomer and you're a female here today, I apologize. It's the medicine that I'm on. <clears throat> but her name was Gomer. I mean, like, really, God? First words to Hosea. You're like, go marry a prostitute named Gomer. And Hosea does what God says. He goes out, finds Gomer. The prostitute, the prophet, and the prostitute. And he marries her. Doesn't make sense. 
This is that Hallmark Christmas story, right? Hosea, the good guy, runs down to the slums, gets the prostitute, sweeps her off her feet, rescues her, saves her, and they live happily ever after. And everybody's tearing, you know, all the guys, they're hiding. This is the deal. Hosea actually falls in love with Gomer. They have kids. And for a few years, the marriage seems to be incredible. The, the marriage, he, he's taken her from, from bad to good. It's, it's been a, a change in his life from, from, from the bad to the good. And, 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 and now, now everything looks grand. And we're, we're going to be a, pro, a prophet and a prophetess. And everything's going to be great. We're going to live happily ever after. And, and one morning, Hosea wakes up. And he goes in to find Gomer, thinking she's in there making his coffee. And she walks in. He walks in. And Gomer's nowhere to be found. And Hosea's like, where's Gomer? Uh, uh, Gomer, Gomer, where, where, where are you? And, and, and she's, she's, she's nowhere because she's gone. He can't find her anywhere. Now he's a single dad with kids and he's thinking, where's my wife? I thought this was supposed to be one of them grand stories of the Bible where the prophet did great things. And I can't even find my wife. This is what Hosea had done. Hosea had left. I mean, Gomer had left Hosea and went back to where she came from. Back into the prostitute life. Back into prostitution. I mean, the best thing that had ever happened to her. No, nobody had ever loved Gomer the way that Hosea loved her. Nobody ever cared the way for, for, for Gomer the way that Hosea cared for her. And then she chooses, even though this incredible love story that, of the prophet and the prostitute, and he saved her and rescued her, and, and she goes right back to where she came from. She walks away from real love and walks back into the life as a prostitute. And this is where Hosea gets another word from the Lord. And I'm sure Hosea's like, oh, this one's going to be good this time. I mean, that first one, God, I listened to you. Everything, everything was grand. Everything was, you know, I, I did what you said. Now, God, I went and married her. She's left. And, and now Hosea's like, now the next word of the Lord. This is going to be a good one, God. This, I'm so excited to hear this word from the Lord. And this is going to be my chance, my opportunity. And in Hosea 3 and 1, he says, then the Lord said to me, okay, God, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. Hosea, go after her. Go back after her. Get her back. Pursue her. Do whatever it takes. You go find her, and you love her again. So Hosea goes after her. Can you, can you imagine this story? This is that, that Hallmark movie where, where he's, the, the guy's looking for the girl and he's going to all the doors. Hey, is, is she in here? No, she's not here. I haven't seen her. I haven't seen her lately. You know, uh, I seen her a week ago, but I haven't seen her lately. And, and Jose is knocking on the doors trying to find, trying to find Gomer. And, and he finally, he's thinking, okay, 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 okay. I, I guess I'm going to go back to where I found her. Maybe she's down there. And Hosea's got the picture out of Gomer. And he's like, hey, have you, have you, going up to everybody, have you, have, Scott, have you seen her? Have you, Courtney, have, you, have, you seen, have you seen this girl? Have you seen her? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I saw her. 
I saw her. I saw her. She, she, she's down the road on the right. Third house on the left. She, she's in there. Hosea goes after her. He goes down there. He knocks on the door, and there's a guy. And he walks into the door. And he says, excuse me, sir. Have you seen my wife? And he's like, yes, I've, I've got your wife. She, she's right over here. Now, now, not only did she go back into prostitution, now she's being sold as a slave. Now she's being sex trafficked, if you can imagine today's lingo. And he goes in there and he sees his wife, the one that he loved, the one that God said, go love. Here is Hosea, the prophet of God. And he looks and there is his wife, Gomer. The one God said to love. And she's being sold as a, as a slave. And he reaches in his pocket and pulls out the money. And Hosea pulls out 15 pieces of silver and, and five bushels of barley. And he goes up and he buys back his wife. His wife, his love. The mother of his kids. He goes back and he, he, he buys her back and and sits her down and tells her, hey, you're my wife. I love you. I bought you back. I love you. And they love and live happily ever after the end. Why would God put a, a random prostitution story in the Bible? Why would God put this Hallmark Christmas story in the Bible that, sh that, that, that just seems so ridiculous? That How could he love her? Why would he do that? Why would he put that story in the Bible? Because God is trying to show us something. See, I told you earlier, put yourself in the story. And we love to put ourselves as Hosea. We love to put ourselves as the prophet that is going and saving the people and rescuing people and doing everything we can to those people. But we're not Hosea in this story. We're Gomer. We're Gomer. We're the one that is so far away from the, I'm not saying you're a prostitute. I'm not saying, I'm just saying in this story, it's trying to show the love of God. And in this story, we are Gomer. We are the ones that were born in sin and, and live in, in sin. And, and we are those people. And, and God is Hosea. And, I, and God wants to tell you this today. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. If we were to put ourselves in this story, we would be the Gomer. What does it mean? Just trying to show you this, that God's love for you is ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Those Hallmark Christmas stories, those movies that we watch, we look at them and say, that is not real. There's no way that could happen. And this story in the Bible, we look at there's no way that could happen. But we can look at our own life. And we can understand this, that no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, we understand this, that God doesn't love me for my performance. He doesn't love me for my perfection. He loves me because I'm a child of his. He loves me so much. And he put this story in the Bible to show us he loves you this much. There's nothing I can do to make God love me more. There's nothing you can do to make God loves you more. He loves you. He's crazy in love for us. So what is it I come to tell you today? 
I haven't come up here to blow your mind today, to, to tell you some incredible theological statement today. I haven't come to do that. But I want to tell you this. No matter where you are in your life, whether you've lived for God all your life, whether this is your first time in a church, no matter where you are, I want to tell you this. The deepest theological thing you can ever understand is God loves you. God loves you. You. God loves you. It's all you need to know. In this Christmas season, it's all we need to know. In our life, it's all we need to know is that God loves us. 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 So that's what I've come to tell you. His love for you. Is unimaginable. His love for you is deeper than any love you've ever experienced in your life. His love for you is so crazy. He's so in love with you. He's so in love with you. He's so in love with you. That's his love for you. That's his love for you. You feel it? What you feel right now, that, that's God showing love to you. What you feel a while ago when we were raising our hands and worshiping, that's God saying, I love you. That feeling that you can feel. Do you know what the greatest present you could ever experience in your life? This is it. It's the presence of God. It's the presence of God that we can understand, that we can come into the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of the lords, and we can understand that he loves us. He loves us. He wants to wrap his arms around you today. He's proud of you. He loves you. But this is the deal. Now, I want the the, uh, praise singers and stuff to please come and get ready. But this is what this whole message is about. Because I know we know God loves us. I know that we understand that God's crazy in love with us. But we've got to understand this. And all this message about God loving us is wrapped up in this one little thing right here. He loves you. Understand that. But the only way that most people are going to understand that love is by you showing it to others. It's us understanding as a church, as Christians, yes, God loves me. He's crazy in love with me. It's not because of my performance. It's not because of my perfection. But it's because of my position as a child of God that he loves me. He loves me no matter what. This whole message today is hopefully here today to inspire you. To understand that love, to accept that love. But now we got to pour that love on other people. We got to pour that love out of us. You will be the only Christ that some people will ever see. And we can go throughout our life, we can go throughout our day passing people, being neighbors to people in the community. We've got to share this love with others. It's what this world needs. 
When the world around us is trying to divide us and tear us apart and bring division between the colors and the races and the, 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 the jobs and everything around us, we got to understand we're the only Jesus that most people will ever see. And we got to go to people and let them know, hey, buddy, I love you. Wayne, I love you. We got to be that love. I cannot look at anybody in this room and think I'm better than any of you. I can't look at anybody in this room and think of me as any less than any of you. Why? Because God loves us all the same. And when we look through that vision of the God goggles that we put on and we start seeing people the way God wants us to see, we can show the love of Christ in this world today. We have got to show love in this world. It's what we need. Come on. I know God was Hosea. And I know we are Gomer. And there's time after time after time. Let me, let me throw this back in. There's time after time that we experience that love and all that. And things of this world and things of life. that they, they, they send us back to where we used to be. And we forget about Jose. We forget about God. And, and, and the things of life. Sometimes we've got to get back and experience that love and, and understand that love of God. We've got to understand the love of God. I don't know about you, but I want to understand it more every day. I want to experience it every day. But there's something bigger than just experiencing the love of God. There's something bigger than experiencing the love that God has showed us. We have got to understand that there's more comers. There's more people that will never understand the love of God unless we show to them. Would you stand? We've got to show love. We've got to share the love of Christ. 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. we got to understand this story of Hosea and Gomer. It's ridiculous. But you know what's even more ridiculous? That over 2,000 years ago, God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Hosea, left the heavens that he lived in, left everything he had and everything going to become a little baby boy at Christmas so that we could experience love, so he could become Emmanuel, God with us. Spent 33 years, died on a cross to show us he loved us this much. Uh, he loves us this much. Went to heaven, came back so he could what? So he could live in us. That's the hallmark story. I didn't deserve it. I didn't do anything to deserve it. I, didn't, I don't look good enough or act good enough to deserve that kind of love. But the king of kings said, hey, I love you. So he came that we may have life through him. This is real love. There's nothing fake about it. It's real. Not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. He loved us. He loves you. He loves me. But it goes on in 1 John 4, 19 through 21. But we love, we've got to love each other. 
because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar for if we don't love people we can see. Oh, man, if I can't love people that I can see, how can I ever love God? We've got to love people. we got to love people. we got to love people. How can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. I close with this. I want to experience the love of God. I want to experience it. I want to experience it more than the riches of this world. I want to experience, I I love my wife and I want to experience love from her and my kids and I want to share the love back to them and to all you, but there's one thing in my life. I want to experience the love of God. You know what? I also want to do with my life and I want you to do. I want you to share that love of God with other people. I want you to love God. I want you to love people. And you know what it'll help you to do? When you love God and you love people, it'll help you to love the life that you live if you put it in that order. I want to love God. I know he loves me. I understand that love. But I want to go out and I want to share that love with people around me. God, I pray today. God, I pray today, God, we're we're not going to have an altar call. We're not going to have anything. Your altar call is going to be the rest of this Christmas season. You know why? Because in this season, we're tempted to to run away and go back to where we come from. And and the busyness of life gets first in our life. But one thing we got to do this Christmas season is remember this season. He is the reason for this season. It's about him, his love for me. He came as a baby. And now we got to go and share it to the world. Every so everyone will know that Jesus Christ loves you. God, I pray today. I pray today that we don't just wander around this world that we live in, looking right in front of us and the things in our life. But God, we can understand your love is greater than anything in our life. And we want to share it. We want to share it with everyone we know. We want to share your love and your grace and your mercy, God. I want to tell my friends that you love them. I not only want to tell them, God, but I want to show them. God, I want to, I want to share your love with every race in this world. God, I want, to, I want to win people to you and show them your love. Every race in this world, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, God, I want to go and I want to share your love with this entire world. In Jesus' name, God, I pray right now in this room. God, if if this is their first time to experience your love, let them know right now that your love is the greatest thing in their life. Your love, it gets better every day. But God, if we've experienced your love, I pray over this congregation right now that we will share your love. We will serve. We will do your will. Not because, uh, because we have to, but because your love compels us to, God. Help us to share your love in this world we live. God, I pray today. God, let us be used this week in a great and mighty way. Let's sing this song as we close.